Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share God's word with you, what God put on my heart. And before I start, I have outside a book table, but because I believe in the power of the written word. I mean, I learned the most through good Christian books when I encourage people. And that's some book, but I really encourage, and it's in large print for people which find difficult to read, is Christmas No Turning Back from George Werber. It's about personal holiness, living, and also some worship tapes where you can really enter to God's presence, listen to worship songs and some other good books which can help you to, to grow in your spiritual life and after you can use as a missionary to give it to a friend, family member, whatever it is. That is what I want to encourage. And today, really, God really put on my heart that the main thought which God really put on my heart was, do not be afraid. Because the King James Bible have 365 times the word do not be afraid or do not fear. And, and I believe God wants to give us a message that we should live in victory, that we don't need to be afraid. And because we live, I believe, in dark days, that is quite obvious when you look around, Christianity in the West is declining. To be a Christian is more and more difficult to be in the workplace, to talk about your Christian faith, maybe have a cross around your neck, or all different things, is more and more scrutinized. And that is where the Bible said that in the last days in Timothy, there will be terrible times. Men will be lovers of money, of themselves, and all these kind of things. And I read only it's now in a book also, through a book, I got the information the population of the united kingdom is currently growing by around half a million people every year 2.5 percent are estimated evangelical christians in the nation the annual growth rate of christian is negative 0.3 percent birmingham is europe's youngest city with 38 percent of the population aged under 25 and the population <coughs> of uh, the population is 1.1 million people in Birmingham it is an extraordinary city in which 57% of children under 11 are a variety ethnic minority and over 23% are Muslims in Birmingham the city is growing by an average of 200 people a week. Between 2000 and 2022, the city grew by more than 7%, about 50,000 people. Also, that's then einfach practical things. And the reality is people which come into the nation, into Birmingham, are many times from countries from a non-Christian background. And you today, when you go in different areas like Sparbrook, Sparkhill, or maybe Hansburg, different places, you think you're in a foreign country. It's nothing against these people. But I said that Britain, Birmingham, lose his Christian culture. That is really what we're talking about. And 95% of people in the city, city are entirely unchurched or de-churched. 
but has grown into one of the United Kingdom's most religious diverse city after London. The meaning is people are not that they're not believing God or they're not religious, but they have left Christianity, whatever the reason is. And for most young people, the studies show that was done by Answers in Genesis that the most young people under 25 leave Christianity because of evolution. Because when they really think through and believe that we come from monkeys and we come whatever, then there was no Adam and Eve, there was no fall in sin, there is no need for a savior where we need counteract and stand on the authority of the word of God. And the sad thing is that in the last 50 years, the church have compromised the gospel, compromised evolution, said, Jimmy, you can believe in evolution, believe in Jesus. And they, they didn't really deal with the real issue and said, no, we as Christians have, believe, have to believe in a literal common sense interpretation of the word of God. When God said that he created in six days, he created. When God said that was an Adam and Eve and fell in sin, sin came into the world, we have to believe. When that's in every area where we have to believe in a literal interpretation of the word of God, to stand on the word of God. God means what he says and says what he means. And the text that we read here today was really in John 6, speaks about really when the disciples saw Jesus walking on the water, they thought it was a ghost, they were afraid. And the boat really represents our own life. In the same way, when our mother waves coming, everything is shaking in our life because we are people of habits. We like our securities around us. When things are shaking, things are not going the way we want it to be, then we can easily become afraid. And Jesus said today to you, don't be afraid. Don't fear. Because faith is really leaning on God's promises. That means in, in the Greek means leaning on God's promises. When God said nothing can separate you from the love of God, that all things work for the best for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose, then we can victorious because we know our life is safe in the hand of God. Yes, the Bible said they can kill our body, but they can't kill our soul. Fear him who can kill your body and throw it into hell. But we shouldn't live in fear because intimidation is always used by Satan. And we see it today. We can see it today in the workplace. When you openly really display that you're a Christian, is it have a cross around your neck or maybe a Bible first on your desk or anything, then you can see that is opposition. And that's very strange because 
when the Muslims come into the workplace and they have all this gear on or they need to go Friday for prayer and so, then they think, wow, because you see, they're all in the kingdom of darkness. Satan is only worried about the children of God, about Christian. And we as Christians need to take our stand. We need to say we have the same rights that work both ways. When the Bible said yeah, that we are all the works of your hand, of God's hand. And that is in Isaiah 64, verse 8. That means that God has created us. He's a creator when he created every single person. But then this next step is where God is our loving Heavenly Father. And that can only come when we are born again. When Christ comes into the boat, when Christ comes into our life, when the best description what a Christian is, is really in John 3, when Jesus spoke to a religious leader, to a Pharisee, which is called Nicodemus, where he speaks about you must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. That's the reason many times we do open air and evangelism. Evangelism. They may not only ask you, are you a Christian? Because everyone would say I'm a Christian. They think because I'm born in England, I'm a Christian. Or because maybe I go Christmas or Easter to church, I'm a Christian. I think we need to be more straight to the point and say, are you born again? And then you straight away see, is a person a Christian or not? Are you born again? When they say, no, I'm born once. When they're not Christian, they would say, no, I'm born once. And then you say, do you know what the Bible would say about being born again? And then you have a platform straight ahead to share the gospel. And we can use this in a wonderful way. And the Bible said, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. And that is really born again, that we received the spirit of adoption that we are part of the family of God. We have the privileges which a non-believer don't have. Many times I talk with non-believers and say, oh, I don't believe anymore in God because he don't answer my prayer. And I said to him, why should he? Why should he when you ignore him? And then I give many times a, a picture when you be my friend and every time I ask you, can you come with me to different meetings? Can you do things with me together? And say, no, I don't have time then I will not make time for you. And God made very clear, until you're born again, you're in the kingdom of darkness. You need to come into the kingdom of light. And then you're a child of God. And you have the privilege to use prayer, to ask God to answer your prayer, to change circumstances. And then the scripture said in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And that is a very important scripture because the Bible said he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and a sound mind. And sound mind means that your mind is really based on the word of God. That you believe that the only infallible, inerrant, perfect thing in this world is only the Bible. When everything what you see what you think need to be going through the lens of scripture, then you will never shipwreck your faith. You see, because we see all these problems today with 
sexuality and all these kind of things, you wouldn't have any problem and you focus what God said actually in his word about this topic. And we need to remember that every sin is the same sin. The real problem for people which have struggled in these areas is they have a broken relationship to God. And when they have a right relationship to God, then God will show them what God's will is for their life. Because we can later be sidetracked. That's the reason why I never go into conversation about this topic. I said, at the end, you need first to come into the light. You need first to know what God is saying about you and dealing with your sin. Many times today, people don't want to talk about sin, what the Bible said about the coming judgment, hell. And we as Christians many times try, we don't want to offend someone. But the reality is the Bible said when you love a person, you tell them the truth. You tell them that they are walking into the pit. And one last week talked with one Muslim guy from Gambia. And then we had a long chat. And I said to him, you, you're on the road and walking into the pit. I said to him, you're in spiritual darkness. And we talked about different things and said, oh, I know your Bible. And the Bible said, don't judge. And I said, no, my Bible said, don't judge without cause. And I said, it's not me who judge you. It is the word of God. And Jesus said that he's not coming to judge. And on the words which you have already spoken will judge you in the last days. And I said to him, we talked about it. You denied that Jesus is God. You denied that he died for our sin and rose again on the third day. And I said, I can tell you, you will never reach heaven. I said to him, because you deny, which is the only way. And I read John 14. Jesus said, I am the way, the true and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And he said, you don't have a Savior anyway. You try to earn your way to heaven, and at the end, you're in limbo. You say, inshallah, well, I can tell you where you're going. He said, you need to repent now of idol worship and turn to Jesus Christ, the only true living God. There is no God beside Jesus Christ. You can believe in a monotheistic idol, and you can believe in many gods. It is still an idol. The Bible said that God said that he is a jealous God. He will not share his honor with any pagan idol. And we need to be willing to stand up for the truth. And in 1 John 4, verse 18, he said, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears had not been made perfect in love. That means although perfect love is really that we're falling into the hand of God. That we trust him in all circumstances, although we don't understand it. When we know that we, that we are walking in the light, and then pressure and things around come us, then we can rest in the faithfulness of God. And we know God has to allow anything to happen to us. And when we trust him in this situation, whatever it is, sometimes we will go through painful times, difficulties, sometimes because of our own behavior, 
and sometimes because we live in a fallen world, because evil and wickedness is around us. And God allows sometimes things to test our character, to test our heart. Do we really trust him? But God will never allow that we be tempted more than we can bear. And we need to learn to trust God. And God said in Proverbs 9 verse 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. That means although the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, because there are two fears in the Bible. One time is a fear, is a reverent, that we are in awe of God, that we are afraid to offend God through our wrong behavior. And then it's a fear of God in the scripture where the Bible said it's the fear of men and the fear of Satan because they are real. And we need to understand that the fear of the Lord is a good thing, that we have reverent, that we are afraid to offend God or offend maybe people around us to push them away from God because we can as Christians be a good and a bad testament. We can draw people to the Savior or we can push people away. And we should be afraid to offend God. That is the fear of the Lord in a positive way. And then the negative way is the fear of men. Because we read that in John 12, verse 42 to 43, they say that many believed but not openly confessed it because of the fear of the Jews. Fear of men because they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Or in John 7, verse 19 and 9, 22, the fear of the Jews was holding people back to step out and openly confess that they believed in Jesus. Or later also the disciples, although fear is normal, also the disciples, when they were later in the upper room, the door was shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. But when the day of Pentecost came, when the Holy Spirit came, when the power of God came into their life, that God gave them a spirit of power, that the fear disappeared, and they trusted God and went. And they later glorified God that they have suffered for the name of Christ. Well, my dear friend, most parts of the world People are persecuted for the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the fastest growing churches in the world is now in Sudan and in Iran, where people tremendously be persecuted for the Christian faith. But the church is exploding because people see the wickedness behind false religion. And in the same way is we can see that we are now on the threshold in Britain and in Europe where persecution is coming slowly in, in a different disguise. But when you say something against what is normal now in society, then all hell breaks out. They phrase it maybe in a different way. They don't chop your head. But still, 
there is intimidation. And the question for us today is, are we ready to be counted for the Lord? Are we ready to stand up? And that is the reason when Jesus said, do not fear. And then he came into the boat. The storm went down. That is then that we can have maybe the storm outside our life. Is it with sickness? Is it with persecution? Whatever it is. But we can have the peace in the boat. Because Christ is in the boat with us. And the question for you today is, do you really trust Jesus? And the only way you will be stable and strong in your Christian walk when attack comes, when you need to stand for the truth, is when you have your quiet time. That is what Watchmini said. Watchmini said you need, when you are daily feed on the word of God and spending meaningful time, before you start the day, meet God in prayer and by meditation on the word, whatever it is. Then when you are suddenly put in a situation of persecution, of standing up for the Lord, everything will fall into place because you're ready in your heart. But when you're not, you see, because that is the problem they say is about less than 10% of Christians have in the morning that quiet time. The people live only on, you know, fast food. When I'm busy, five minute things, maybe read a psalm quick, but it's not really meditated on, it's not really any meaning. The Bible makes it very clear. When we put God first, there's a reason why the Bible said, love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with your whole being. The meaning is when you love a person, you see, when you love a person, is it yet your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever, or maybe a friend in general, then you long to spend time with them, to meet up for coffee, sitting down, chatting, and spending time together. It is not a burden. You make sugar, the journey, maybe to travel in city center, meet up with them, because you know you get something out of it. And when you really have a love relationship with the King of Kings, with Jesus Christ, when you really love him and you really expect you get something out of it, you will make the time to go half an hour early out of bed. And that is really what I encourage you because I believe tough times ahead. I believe there is a wind of change. And you can see it in in the workplace where many times Christian unions are closed down, where many times it's also, is it it's a Christmas party when we're suddenly closed down and then they change it to a culture fest, festival, and all this kind of things what I hear from people, where Christianity is more and more pushed out of society, where Christ, Christmas are changed to season, greetings or whatever, and where the word Christ is more and more taken out of society and darkness comes more and more. When the Bible said, he joins 14, do not be afraid. I have overcome this world. In the world you will have tribulation, but I have overcome it and you can be safe in me. And God said in Ezekiel 
uh, Ecclesiastic 12 verse 13, fear God and keep his commandment. Also the commandments of the Bible are still relevant for us. Because the Bible said the law is a schoolmaster who leads us to Christ. We, we don't become godless or lawless when we ever suddenly become Christian. The Ten Commandments are still relevant for us today. But they always lead us to Christ, to freedom in Christ. But that is, we still don't run around and steal things because we're Christians now. Or whatever the Ten Commandments say, they are helping us really to live a life which is glorifying to God. They will never save us. They will never give us any brownie points to go to get answers for prayer. But they show us the nature and character of God. They show us how we should live in harmony together with God and with men. That's the reason why the first is referred specially of the Ten Commandments, referred to God. Love God with all your heart. Don't have graven images. Don't bow down to anything. That shows how we should live to glorify God. And the next one is the later, which really show how I can live in harmony with my neighbor. Where the Bible said, and all come together as love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And your neighbor as yourself. You see, when you love your neighbor, you don't do anything bad. You don't nick things from him when you love him. Huh? Or you want to live in peace with your neighbor. Because you don't know if he comes and trash your door in and after. Although through this, we, when you, or you help him when he needs help and this kind of things. And that is the reason why the Bible said we have to trust God. And Jesus is the best example of a perfect Christian. Because we need to remember Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. And in his man idea, he gave us example that he went early in the morning out to have his quiet time talking with the Father. Then he shows us in his humanity how he was always obedient to the Father. And Jesus was also completely God. And you see, every false religion deny that Jesus is God. Every false religion. Because when Satan can bring you to the point to deny that Jesus is only just a prophet or just a good man, you anywhere go to hell. Because then he can't pay the penalty for your sin. Because the Bible said, while we were still sinners, Christ died for the righteous, unrighteous to bring us to God. And in the moment when Jesus wasn't God, the mediator between man and God, then you couldn't pay the penalty. That's the reason why Satan has the main attack and focus on the deity of Jesus. Because you need to see, is that your witness deny that Jesus is God? The Mormon deny it? They believe he's his brother of Lucifer? Then you have the Muslims, he said, oh yeah, he's a great guy, Jesus. But he's just a prophet, he's not God. He's under Mohammed, under God. And then you have the Christadelphians, and you have every, the Hindus, which say he's one of many gods. Then you have the Catholics, which believe in the Trinity, but they to put Mary above Jesus. That's really why always you see a little baby flying with wings around, and 
have that Jesus is so little, he has no authority. He need always go to his mom to ask something. Although so you can see every false religion will always attack the deity of Jesus. That's the reason why we really need to be clear in our mind that Jesus is God in flesh. And that has only one way to heaven through Jesus Christ. That is what the Bible makes very clear. He said, I am the way, the true, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the good thing is when we don't know how to pray, when we go through these tough circumstances in our life, the Bible said Jesus sit at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. And we read also in Romans 8 that the Holy Spirit is interceding us with us with groanings. The meaning is we're not alone. Also when we feel maybe alone or no person is there who can help us or we can't share it. God, the Holy Spirit, God, the Son is with us in prayer. And prayer is the most important tool for the church and for the individual Christian. Because Jesus said, without me, you can't do anything. And prayer shows really our dependency on God. And when we give everything in prayer, like when we look for a new job, the first thing that we should do, we should pray, Lord, do you want me to be there? And then we do all the practical things. It's the same way with marriage, relationships, in the same way with later buying a house or different other things that we put God first and ask him, what do you want me to do? And when it's not right, close the door. And then you will see that the Bible said, blessed he is he who trusts the Lord. Because we put him first, and then he makes the straight the way. And that is what God really says in, in Proverbs 3. <coughs> Maybe that is not because I know time goes so quickly. But in Proverbs 3, he speaks there, and commit your ways to the Lord. That we should trust in the Lord, commit our ways to the Lord, and he make the way straight. And the question for you today is, are you truly born again? Do you know when you die today, you will go to heaven? Not your hope. Because when you think, I hope, then you're probably not saved. Because the Bible said, in the moment we have put our trust in Jesus Christ, we have eternal security. We're secure in the Son of God. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. When in Romans 8 is a, probably one of the greatest chapters in the Bible, which say that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Romans speaks especially about a believer. He's secure in Jesus Christ. Nothing can happen to him. We need to be worried how we reach heaven. Because one day on the judgment seat, we need to give an account how we lived our Christian life. But we don't need to worry that we go to hell. We don't, that's the deal is done. Jesus paid the price in full. But we need to worry how we reach heaven later because we will reign with Christ for a thousand years. Although through this, we should invest our time, our resources, and our abilities into the kingdom of God. And that is a wonderful way. I encourage you later to browse through the book table and special. This in large print, that is a, is a dynamite that will really change your life. 
no turning back. Because one time on the journey with the Lord, we can't turn back. Because a lot of Christians are backslidden because they compromise with the word. When the Bible, like Lot, he was sitting in the gate of Sodom on Gomorrah. And we don't want to sit there. Because we want to get the most out of your life. And Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much that Jesus is in the board of our life, that we can trust him, that you can bring true peace and security into our life. And Father, we pray also today that your Holy Spirit speak to our heart and say, do not fear, don't be afraid. And we thank you, Father, that you promised to me, know you as our Lord and Savior, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Father, you say you will never leave us and forsake us. And Father, we can go out with boldness. We pray especially for the young people in university, in school, in the workplace. Father, that you give them boldness to stand for the truth that you give them the deep confidence that nothing can touch them because your supernatural divine power will protect them. And Father, we pray all the fast for our neighbors, for our friends, which don't know you. Father, we believe that the return of Christ is so near and we long to bring all our friends and our family members uh, into the kingdom of God. We pray that you will use different ways to reach them and we pray that you maybe use some of the books which can help them to understand who Jesus really is because they're not willing to talk with us about you and we want to give you all the glory and honor in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.